Hey guys, it's me, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Welcome back, VM Nation. This is going to be a great episode. Uh, matter of fact, this is going out right before Thanksgiving. So um, a lot of people are going to be struggling between Thanksgiving and New Year's. So if you're somebody, if you're if you're a male out there that's struggling with either their faith or just how to become a better man, you need to listen to this episode and you need to share it out. First, I want to thank our sponsors. As you guys know, all of our sponsors are 100% veterans. 100% of the time. If you guys love woodworking, my friend Kurt Ballish of Woodwork does some amazing woodworking. He actually made my wife a cutting board for Mother's Day a couple years ago. Now it's the only thing that she'll use. And also, I want to, um, if anybody out there is struggling with any mental health issues or also with any hoarding issues, definitely reach out to Tammy Moses at A Hoarding Solution. She actually is changing the world one home at a time. So thank you guys so much. Guys, like I said, this episode is very near and dear to my heart because for a long time, uh, it, I didn't know who I was as a man. I didn't know the man. And now I, I, I'm becoming a man, even though I'm still in a you today. Yeah, hey, hey, Richard, uh, I lost, uh, I lost you for just a moment. I apologize, but I, I couldn't hear what you said uh, about the. How last... are you doing today? Oh, I'm what's good. Going on? Good. Yeah, for some reason you cut out. So uh, I'm good, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege uh, to be your guest today. So um, I do appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, we we've, we've just become acquainted and we became friends, and um, I'm always looking to be a better man, a better father a better husband. So I'm actually going to probably learn more than, I'll, I, you know, than I actually speak. So I'll be listening. You know, God gave me two ears and one mouth for a reason. So I can listen twice as much as I speak. So talk to us, tell us a little bit about your past and, you know, what it was like growing up and what, what were you like as a child? Oh, wow. What was I like as a child? That's a loaded question, man. Yeah. So uh, as far as growing up, I was raised by my my mother. Uh, by, she raised me on her own until I was nine years old. Uh, very family oriented because she was raising me on her own. Uh, we, we would always spend a lot of time with with family. And that, that was uh, something that that I really enjoyed. <clears throat> but then in time, you know, she ended up getting married when I was nine years old. And from that point forward, kind of just uh, family became something that that just kind of fell to the wayside. And so we kind of became our own unit with uh, my mother and my stepfather, um, which wasn't wasn't a very good experience for the most part uh, for me. And uh, for my mom, I feel, you know, I feel like she she had a rough life and a rough go as well. As far as me as a child, uh, I feel like up until I was nine, I was very probably very, uh, secure, very loving, very, uh, you know, I was a kid, I was a kid, but once, uh, she remarried when I was nine years old, I feel like I had to do a lot of growing up really quickly. And, um, that was just based on, you know, the, the nature of the relationship that, uh, she had with, uh, with her husband, my stepfather, and just really, uh, having to grow through some of that stuff. 
you know, and so I think in time from the, from the time I was nine years old, there was a lot of, a lot of insecurities developed a lot of, though, though I had to mature quickly, um, it wasn't necessarily healthy, right? Because it was all about survival. It was like, how do I survive? How do I, how do I fly underneath the radar? How do I keep from, you know, encountering the, the, uh, the wrath, you know, of, of adults. And so it just, I started to develop into a different kind of person and, uh, quite frankly, didn't have good role models. Didn't, didn't really know how to be a man. Didn't know who I was. Didn't know how to navigate life necessarily. Wasn't, wasn't taught. I grew up in poverty. We, we were not, we, we, we didn't have money. We, we had food stamps, right? And, and uh, so really grew up with a poverty mindset, which has been something that even to this day, I, I have to be careful about. And it's something that I continue to work on to this day, really trying to make sure that um, I'm operating from a, you know, an abundance mindset versus a poverty mindset. And, uh, you know, even into my 30s, I was still trying to figure out who I was as a man and what I was supposed to be doing in life. Uh, I was trying to figure out how to be the best father I could be, the best husband I could be. I was trying to figure out how to be a man in general, trying to figure out uh, what I wanted to be when I grew up, you know. And uh, so this has been a journey, uh, to say the least. And so finally in 2000. Uh, 2014 and 15, I would say more, more specifically, uh, really started kind of landing uh, on, you know, the idea that I just need, I just want to offer men the the things that I never had as a young man, you know, mentorship, uh, role modeling, you know, equipping someone to challenge me, someone to encourage me, someone to answer the questions, you know, the bigger questions of life, uh, but now to go, go back, ahead. I'm sorry. You, you, did you graduate high school and did and you did join the military, correct? Did you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I actually uh, ended up graduating uh, uh, high computers. school. Which I can, yes. Okay, I, I wanted to make sure because sometimes the computer gets all stupid. Yeah, it, it, it is cutting in and out and skipping, it seems. There's a lag. So talk to us about joining the military. Uh, the military was basically a last option on my plate. Uh, I had hoped to, I'd hoped to play football and go to college on a scholarship, but that ended up not happening. So... Um, the military was kind of a last resort and I just decided, you know, if I'm going to do the military, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go into the Marine Corps and, and, and challenge myself in that manner and, and be a part of a, a really respected branch of, of the armed forces. And so that's what I did. I spent four years in the, in the military. I entered in 2000 and, and, uh, got, you know, had my honorable discharge in 2004, um, and even, you know, during that time, during that four year period, I, I was still trying to figure out who I was still growing up, still very irresponsible, 
uh, didn't accept responsibility. Um, you know, there, there was, uh, it, it was kind of a, it was a rough period of life. Uh, but it was definitely, I feel like I definitely learned through that. I grew through that definitely became more disciplined and more, uh, detail oriented, uh, for sure. So, um, but it, you know, all that said, it, it was a great experience. And, and I look back at my time in the military as, as uh, a blessing and, and, uh, you know, something that I'm very, uh, I have very fond memories of. Now, did you get deployed? Yeah, so I was actually, uh, I was on a MU, uh, which is a Marine Expeditionary Unit. So I was overseas for nine months and we were just kind of, uh, we were kind of all over the place in support of different uh, conflicts that were going on. So, so we weren't anywhere for very long at a time, but we were also everywhere for short periods of a time at a time, uh, supporting different different conflicts. Now, when you got out of the military, did was everything okay mentally, or did you notice something was off? No, everything for me was okay. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't suffer from any PTSD or anything like that. But I think uh, in time, in time, I, I ended up developing uh, anxiety and, and depression disorder for sure, uh, even to this day. And it really didn't even hit me until, um, I guess, two years ago is when it hit me. Um, and and I don't, I can't blame that on the military. I can't say that I had PTSD from uh, from, from war or conflict or anything like that. Uh, you know, I can't blame it on that. I think it's just more, uh, accumulation of things, uh, throughout my life that kind of finally, uh, for whatever reason came to a head the last couple of years. And I've been having to work through some of that stuff. So, you know, uh, what was your transitioning? Like a lot of people like myself struggled after getting out of the military. What was your transitioning like? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that, that I realized getting out of the military is that um, you, you just kind of don't know what to do. You don't know the direction to go. And quite frankly, in my honest opinion, the military doesn't set you up for, for success. You know, they may be better about it nowadays. They may do a, a, a lot better job, but they really don't uh, set, you know, those, the, you know, the veterans who are exiting the military that they really don't do a good job of setting you up for success and helping you outside of the military. And that's okay. Right. we got to figure stuff out. But I think that the hardest transition for me was figuring out what, what I was going to do in life. You know, if I'm not going to be a Marine and serve my country, what am I going to do? And so I did everything from, uh, sales to welding, um, to, you know, route driving and, and delivery. Um, I, I worked for a, a nonprofit organization for a little while. Well, actually for six years, I tried my hand at my own business uh, in, in auto detailing. And uh, let's see, I also, I was also in, in the oil field for a stint. So, you know, there was a number of things that I did. And so the transition I feel was though it, Though it, though it was tell, on the tail end of my service in the military, I can't say 
hey, you know, I had a rough transition because of the military. Uh, yes, you know, it's a different lifestyle being a civilian, right? Like you don't have someone telling you what to do every day. Um, you, you don't, you know, have the standards to live up to anymore. You kind of have to create your own standards. You kind of have to instill your own discipline and you, you have to, um, looks like someone's chatting there. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, you, you really kind of on your own once you're out, uh, trying to figure you're left to your own devices, trying to figure life out. And that's where I was. I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do in life, where I wanted to go, who I wanted to be. And a lot of that fell on, you know, the fact that I, I just never had a mentor in my life. I never had that father figure that, that asked the right questions that, that helped me process the right things and understand who I truly was. Because I think we, we all know that uh, everything we do in life should flow from who we are. And if we don't know who we are, well, then it really makes us, uh, it makes life difficult to navigate. You know, I like to tell people I use, you know, I tell people that I was wandering aimlessly about. Um, and a lot of that was due to the fact that I just never took the time to figure out who Paul Beam was. I never took the time to really figure out who I was as a man and uh, where I was headed in life and uh, why I was the way I was and then how I truly wanted to live, right? Figuring out what do I value? What are my values in life? What am, what hills am I willing to die on and what am I not willing to die on? You know, what's a worthy cause and what's not? Uh, so a as time has gone on, I've you know, and I've gotten older, uh, I've been fortunate enough to process some of these things with, you know, individuals and groups and, and really start uh, coming into my own and figuring out who I am as a man. That's where, you know, finally landed in, in starting a nonprofit organization and, and helping men kind of navigate the their aimlessness in life as well. So what was your like for me, my come to Jesus moment was 9-11. That changed my whole life and mindset. What was your come to Jesus moment? Yeah, mine, uh, I would say, and when you say come to Jesus, I'd like to know, is that kind of like, are you asking, at what point did I have a revelation in my mind about life in general or a revelation in my mind about my faith? and uh belief in, in god uh you can go either way whichever way okay well i'll do both how about that so uh come go. to jesus in life in general was was my um i would say it was my divorce after 10 years uh you know so i was married for 10 years got divorced and then, of course, we had three children together and just really having to navigate all of that. I didn't. Like I said, I didn't think about it before it happened. You know, we just went through the motions and we got divorced. And then you start facing all of these trials and then you start facing the convictions of, you know, your past behaviors and and not being with your children anymore and so on and so forth. And so for me, that just really got my mind to thinking about different things, about who I was a man, how I was uh, showing up in life, you know, and quite frankly, I wasn't showing up the man that I was meant to be. 
Uh, I wasn't being the man that I was meant to be. And <clears throat> so anyway, that was kind of my come to Jesus moment. And then it was just, um, I, I would say that it's been an ongoing process, right? Of really just um, th thinking through that stuff. Like, uh, you know, who am I as a father? And now that I, you know, I'm remarried now, I've been married for seven years. So uh, who am I as a husband and how should I be showing up? And really just understanding that life isn't all about me, but it's about how can I edify and uplift those around me? Um, now, as far as my, my faith is concerned, you know, I, I would say, uh, I mean, I've, I've been in the churches and around the churches since I was, oh, I don't know, a five-year-old or seven-year-old young man. And so uh, I would say that, that my faith kind of increased when I was in my teens, around 15, 16 years old, but I never actively participated in that faith. You know, I, I would be the person who goes around and says, yes, I, I believe in God. Yes, I'm a Christian. Um, but I didn't practice, I didn't practice the disciplines of, of being uh, really a, a true follower of Christ, as a lot of people would put it. Um, and so I would say that that revelation, when I finally really started planting my flag on that hill and saying, man, I need to change my ways. And this is my, you know, this is my faith. This is my belief. And because of my faith and my belief system, this is how I need to start operating in life. I would say that probably took place, uh, probably not until I was in my thirties as well, you know, probably back in 2000. Uh, 2013, 2014, somewhere in there is when I really just started. Uh, I would say it all started kind of hitting home at the same time. And so since 2013, it's just been a uh, an ongoing journey of refinement and sanctification and really leaning into my faith and my belief in God. Um, and so that being said, I, I will say that, man, like, I, I don't know, I can't speak for other Christians, but for me, like my faith is something that I, I continue to work through on a daily basis. You know, there, there's days that I wake up and I'm like, man, like, like, I, I just don't understand some of this stuff. Uh, I don't understand, you know, why life is the way it is at times. I don't understand what this particular scripture means. I don't understand why certain people have to go through certain things. I don't understand why I have to go through certain things, you know, but then we start feeling sorry for it. That's just feeling sorry for ourselves. But really like I wrestle, I have wrestled with my faith. I can't lie. And I would assume that any other believer who's out there, uh, any other Christian who's out there trying to live the noble and honorable uh, life and fight the good fight. Right. Um, that, that there's times that their faith is low and that, that they question their faith, you know, but I, I read, uh, a passage in scripture one time that really helped me um, in these times when I, when I question or when my faith is low and, you know, basically the, the, the passage says, Lord, I believe, please help my unbelief. And so that right there, let me know that I'm not the only one who struggles. I'm not the only one whose belief, um, you know, is low at times. There's other people out there uh, so much so that it's even in the Bible. It's in scripture itself. And so I continually repeat that passage uh, to myself and to God. 
you know, I'm not going to say on a daily basis, but, uh, but oftentimes, you know, I, I uh, you know, I say, Lord, I believe help my unbelief because there's a little bit of unbelief in there at times. Right. Uh, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that I'm not a Christian. It doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not a man of God. You know, um, it just means that I'm a human. And that as a human, I walk through the fiery trials of life, the same as any other human does. And uh, I have to do exactly there again what another verse says in Scripture says, work out your faith with fear and trembling. We have to work it out. It's a process. It's a work. It's a job. Um, and, and that means we have to put effort into it. And sometimes it's going to be tiring. Uh, but at the end of the day, we have to believe that there's a payoff, you know, there, that there is a we're going to reap what we sow. And if we're sowing good seeds of effort, we're going to reap those. We're going to reap the fruit. And we have to believe you know, that. People you know, don't realize is that when you're struggling, sometimes it's because Satan knows that you're ready for a breakthrough. So he's going to bring stuff Absolutely. back from your past and whatever to try to think that you're not good enough because yeah. he knows you're about to break through. And you're about to change some lives. So now, um, and that's happened in my in my life where, you know, just as soon as I know that I'm starting to break through, Satan will be like, uh-uh, not today. And sometimes you got to say, no, Satan, not today. Now, my question for you is if there's somebody out there right now that's struggling maybe with, um, you know, imposter syndrome or somebody that's struggling with, um, how to become a man and what is a man? Uh, hmm. What do you say to that person that's struggling to try to figure out their own way in life? Sure. Yeah. I would say simply put, uh, if we're defining a man, a man is someone who edifies and uplifts those around him. It's that, it's that simple for me. Like we're, we're here on earth uh, to, to uplift and, and edify others. That's the bottom line. Um, you know, how we go about that, we could take a thousand different routes. You know, uh, we have our gifts, we have our, our expertises, uh, you know, that we can use, um, to edify and uplift others. And that's, that's what we got to do, you know, so we just have, you know, figuring out the mission, you know, the way that we, that we fulfill the purpose is more complicated than the purpose itself. Um, you know, for those who are, uh, I think the, the other part of your question w was, what would I have to say to someone who is, is struggling? Or, yep. or, yeah. Um, so for that, I, I would say that, that life is a struggle oftentimes. Life is going to throw us curveballs. The waves are going to come crashing in. Um but that that's not just for us individually that's us collectively right like everyone goes through the trials the tribulations the adversities um and this is not to minimize anyone's adversities whatsoever but what we have to remember is we're not in it alone and so we've got to surround ourselves with the right people that can help us through the trials the tribulations the adversities um, because we, we weren't created, uh, as an Island, we weren't created to be the lone wolf. We were created to live in community. We were created to help each other carry, uh, the burdens that we face. You know, it's one of the things that we do at our, you know, that we, uh, 
I talk about it at our events and in our community uh, with Man Camp and True North is, you know, like we help carry each other's burdens. But we also share each other's joys. You know, we share in the joys and the suffering of life. And so I would say that if you're struggling with faith, if you're going through adversity, if you're questioning things, it's super important to surround yourself with the right people that can not only encourage you, but they can challenge your thoughts, they can challenge your belief system. Um, and, and that's important. A lot of times we want to be around people that make us comfortable all the time. But the reality is sometimes we need to be a little uncomfortable because it helps us grow. It pushes us out of that comfort zone where the growth is. Um, and, and then equipping. It's so important uh, to be around the right people that we look up to, uh, to people that we respect, that we uh, we see as admirable and honorable and and let them speak into our lives and, and teach us what they've learned in life. You know, um, it's all, uh, you know, so much of it is about equipping like we can learn and have the knowledge all we want to. Uh, and, you know, I was just dis- discussing this with someone the other day is is we can ask the question why, but at the end of the day, the why is not so as important as the how, because the how tells us what to do. And then we need to get to work, right? And so uh, surround ourselves with the right people that can equip us and tell us how to get, how to, how to get past this, you know, out of this adversity that we're in, out of this trial that we're in. Um, that that's the important part. So surround ourselves with the right people and making sure that we're engaged in the right communities is, is very important. The other thing I would say is, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be down. It's okay to be fatigued. It's okay uh, to, to be, it's okay for your faith tank to be low. Give yourself some grace. And I would say that uh, so long as you're um, humbly submitting yourself before the throne, and being just sometimes you got to be just ugly honest right like like god can god if god is god and he's the creator of the universe he can handle anything that we tell him anything that we tell him and i do that often my ugliest i'll show my ugliest side to him sometimes if i'm angry if i'm questioning things if i'm frustrated uh if i'm weak and i'm feeling tempted or something like i let him know like Hey, this is how I'm feeling right now, and I can't really help it. I need you to help me with it. You know, so I think uh, oftentimes we, we uh, in our faith journey, like we, we can lean too, too heavily on one side or the other. Either we're the Lone Ranger or we're a part of a community. We either want to lean ourselves or we want to lean on, on the community. But then we forget about the vertical relationship where we need to continually um, be – in communion with God. We need to continually be studying his word. We need to continually be having conversation with him on a daily basis, telling him where we're frustrated, telling him where we're angry, telling him where we're hurt, where uh, where our hearts are aching, telling him when we're tired, but then also praising him and, and showing gratitude for just waking up and breathing air this morning. And for the food that's on our table and the clothes that are on our back and the roof that's over our head and the vehicles that we drive, there's so many things to be grateful for as well. And I'm just as guilty as the next, right? Sometimes I wake up and I have a crappy attitude and I, I forget to get, I forget to, uh, to show that gratitude and express that gratitude before my feet hit the floor. 
Um, but that is one of the things that I have found to, to be very helpful is before I even get out of bed, man, just automatically think of three to five things that you can, you know, be grateful for, you know, be grateful for the sleep that you got last night. Be grateful for the warm shower you're about to jump in. Be grateful for the stinky toothpaste you're about to use to freshen your mouth so you can kiss your wife without her, you know, <laughs> feeling like your breast stinks. You know, simple stuff, simple stuff that we take for granted, that we overlook. Um, there's so many things to be grateful for. And so it's important to to not just express the 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 ugly parts of ourselves and the ugly parts of life and our disdain or, disheart, you know, disheartened, discontent, but also to express the gratitude. And the more we remind ourselves of, of everything there is to be grateful for, uh, man, our attitude starts to shift, right? And I know it's hard sometimes. It's, it's difficult, especially for people who are, are um, you know, maybe they're suffering from anxiety or depression or, you know, they're just super overwhelmed in, in life and they've been kicked in the face time and time and time again. It can be tough. It can be tough. To, to get ourselves on the right track and make sure that we're expressing that gratitude and make sure that we're getting ourselves in a good headspace. I know firsthand, I know firsthand. Um, but it's so important to stay in the fight. we got to stay in the fight. So now how do we find you? How can we support your mission? How can we get in touch with you? Yeah. So you can, uh, you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Uh, Instagram is Paul Beam official and Facebook is Paul Beam 81. And then as far as organization, it's true North man. You can join our, you can, uh, like our page on Facebook and Instagram. And we have a, a true North man page and a true North man community in uh, Facebook, which is, a uh, just the true North man private group, which is, which is only, uh, open to men. Okay. Um, so guys definitely check out the Facebook group. Uh, I'm, I'm about to join myself because I'm always looking to, to become a better man. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. Once again, Tammy Moses, Kurt Ballish, um, without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. Um, if you guys like swag, like the t-shirts, this t-shirt, this hat, um, on sale, you guys can pick them up and all the proceeds go to help veterans that are struggling with PTSD and depression. So all the money goes to them to help veterans. We got a new coffee coming out. Vertical Momentum Coffee will be out next week. So go. Um, thank you guys for always showing up. Leave a comment below and just let Paul and I know that you got something out of this. Paul, I want to say thank you for everything, brother. I'm so glad God put us together. And I think uh, we're going to do some great things together. Absolutely. Yes, sir, Richard. Thank you for having me on, man. All right, guys. And remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is but up. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand, 
coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass kicking coffee, and and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you are interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission which is to save lives.